Welcome to the first edition of the Terror Dome Highway podcast, a horror movie podcast, and also your first destination for all things horror movie related. I'm your host, Sid Davis. You can find this podcast exclusively on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can get podcasts. I was a bit nervous at doing this podcast. You know, I've been doing the Social Introvert Podcast, which is my podcast that I host every Wednesday and Thursday. And I've been doing it going on, let me see, I started in 2017 and we're coming up on year six, the the six year anniversary, which is surprising to say. I'm I'm a bit shocked myself that I stuck around this long for it. But I wanted to branch out and do something else. You know, I'm I'm still doing the social introvert podcast, but I, I wanted to expand my horizons. Like there are other things that I really love. So I sat and thought about it for a while. I really love horror movies. I was a bit nervous at doing this because all the horror movie podcasts that I do listen to, they also have a co-host. And there's maybe one or two that I've listened to that are solo podcasters. But I, I was I was stuck in my head just thinking, I'm like, can I, can, can I do this solo? I already do another podcast solo, but that's a bit different. And I got some good advice, so I'm just going to jump in and do this thing. And I'm excited. This is a seasonal podcast. This season is dedicated to the late, great Wes Craven. So for the next 10 episodes, I'm going to be talking about nothing but Wes Craven films. There's one in there that I know he didn't direct and, and write. He was a producer on, but I, I think it still counts. So when we get to that episode, please don't rag on me and start sending me hate mail or anything just mean and it's like oh he didn't direct or write it so it doesn't count I don't want to hear it (laughs) I still count it it has its it has that Wes Craven aesthetic to it but I won't mention that movie just yet we'll get to it when we get to it so if you want to send emails or anything feedback you can send those to Terradome Highway Podcast at gmail.com you can also follow me on Instagram at the Terradome Highway Podcast or just at Terradome Highway Podcast. There's no the in there. So head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can send me an email if on your thoughts or anything of some sort. Or if you want to hear my thoughts on a certain movie that you might want me to review, I can do that too. So I'm going to get into what I'm going to do for throughout the rest of this podcast. So I decided to do just 10 episodes for this first season. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to, this podcast, the the season finale will end in June, okay? But beyond that time, beyond that before I start season two, if you want to hear my review on on a horror movie that you're curious about or you already seen it and you just want to hear me probably rant and talk about and give my thoughts on, I will gladly do an episode out, you know, spread them out here and there until I start season two. And I plan on starting season two in September. I'll pick it back up in September. Just in time for spooky time. You know, October is right after that, obviously. So that's the perfect time to do that. But after this season ends, you know, around June, July, and maybe August, I'll spread out some reviews of some movies. You know, if I get any feedback or if there's a movie that I really want to talk about, I might throw an episode in there or two, maybe three, and 
you know, go from there. So this episode, episode one, I'm talking about 1981's Deadly Blessing, directed and written by Wes Craven. And I've never seen it before. I was on Tubi and just browsing, looking at different movies and stuff. And I came across, uh, it was a a Jallo film. I I believe it was, I was watching Suspiria. Uh, Then I think it was Inferno. Inferno's the sequel to Suspiria. And then I think the third movie, I haven't watched the third movie, but I clicked on it, but then I went down and said more like this or other movies related. And I saw Deadly Blessing. I'm like, okay, cool. And I I saw the poster. So that's what I was attracted to because of the woman on the poster. And she's just laying there kind of seductively. And uh, you see these hands over the the girl's uh, head. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I click on it. Directed by Wes Craven. I never heard of this movie. And then it said starring Sharon Stone. I'm like, wow. Okay. I, I never knew Sharon Stone and Wes Craven doing anything together. That's kind of cool. I want to check it out. I went on YouTube to watch the trailer. I believe you can watch the trailer on Tubi. I don't know why I did that, but I felt like I had to hop on YouTube to check out the trailer. And I saw it and I said, well, okay, it looks all right. All right. Hit play. And I watched the movie. I watched it twice. And I like it. I really do like it. But it was not well received from critics for some reason. Maybe I'm missing something. And that's why I watched it a second time and then contemplated on if I needed to watch it a third time. So this movie sits at a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 56 on Metacritic, and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And I I was confused or I'm like, well, I, I'm not familiar with the movie. So that's probably why this is my first viewing. And I guess people already knew about this film and then just kind of dismissed it. And I'm like, oh, it's one of those duds by Wes Craven before Wes Craven became who he truly was. And I went back in his filmography and I said, well, you know, you have The Hills Have Eyes. You have Last House on the Left all prior to this. And I'm like, those are good movies. So I'm like, what what happened here? You know, well, these aren't my views, but I'm going off of what people are saying online. So I, I went to a few places. I went to even Wikipedia and I normally don't go to Wikipedia unless I'm looking at something that I know is surefire accuracy in their information because sometimes it can be a little bit dodgy and you need to go to more of a reliable source people can put anything on wikipedia so one of the sources you see deadly blessing has been poorly received by critics the film is ultimately disappointing but wrote that it has enough eccentricities and stylish flourishes to make it worthwhile for fans of vintage horror Time Out wrote, Deadly Blessing isn't a very good movie, but it holds out distinct promise that Craven will soon be in the front rank of horror filmmakers, calling it an excellent example of a mundane project elevated into quite a palatable genre movie by its director. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I did not dislike this movie. I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was fairly decent. So I'm still sitting here kind of confused, but then 
I uh, also read that there's an actor in this movie, uh, Academy Award winner Ernest Borgnine was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actor for the film. And I said, how? I thought he did decent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought he did fairly decent. I really like this actor. I mean, he's a well-decorated actor and plays the character Isaiah Schmidt in the movie. Uh, Michael Berryman is also in this movie. Michael Berryman, you might recognize him. He is in The Hills Have Eyes. He's in this film as well. You'll see him in the beginning. I think that's where you he gets the most camera time. But yeah, I didn't hate this movie. So with that being said, we're going to play the trailer. I'll be right back around on the other side. Here we go. This quiet community of simple farmers, untouched by time, a gruesome secret has been protected for generations. Into this world come three young women drawn by the beauty of the land, unaware of the mystery it holds. How could they have known that what they would discover would call forth a deadly blessing? cannot crush the incubus. Ours can. There are three of us. We'll manage. We shall make it impossible for the incubus to rest comfortably in your soul. Ah. If thine hand offends thee, then in God's name, cut it off. has arrived. Those who will not believe. Those who will not be warned. May you be damned in hell. Those who will defy its power. Become its prey. It's him. The chilling story of terror and suspense. Deadly Blessing. Deadly Blessing stars Sharon Stone, Marin Jensen, Lisa Hartman, Lois Nettleton, and Ernest Bordening. And Lois Nettleton, I recognized her and I was like, oh, that's the lady from In the Heat of the Night. And I only know that because <laughs> my grandmother watches that show till this day. Like she just she loves that show. So that's where I recognize her from. And when she popped up on screen in this movie as a villain, I said, oh, OK. She I mean, she's not a bad actress at all. She's fairly decent. I, I like her. But I was surprised to see her in this role. This was Pretty pretty cool to see her do something different other than seeing her. And she's been in a few other notable things, but it was cool seeing her in this movie, just seeing her do something different. I like that. So here's the synopsis for this movie. I had typed it up a little bit, shortened it down, and here we go. Martha and Jim Schmidt live on an isolated farm named 
our blessing. Most of their neighbors are Hittites, an austere religious community led by Isaiah Smith, played by Ernest Bordening, who forbids any interaction with non-Hittites. After breaking up a fight between one Hittite member, William Gluntz, and another more artistically minded neighbor, <laughs> Faith Stoller, Jim finds Incubus scrawled on the wall of his barn. Later that night, Jim is killed when his tractor suddenly starts up and crushes him against the wall. Isaiah and other Hittites observe Jim's funeral as he was a lapsed member of their community. They consider Martha to be an incubus for having lured him away from their religion. Lana, overwhelmed by disturbing dreams, begins to believe that death is pursuing her. Martha discovers that Jim's grave has been dug up in the cas casket, excuse me, filled with chickens from the Stoller's farm. In their barn, she finds Jim's body. In an affair to her, John's estranged fiance, Melissa, arrives reciting a ritual of exorcism, but is attacked by Faith's mother, Lois, or Lu Louisa. Faith and Louisa, who hate the Hittites, have been the black-clad figures murdering them. Martha struggles with them and tears open Faith's shirt, revealing her to be a man who has been in love with Martha. They pursue Martha to our blessing. There, Lana kills Louisa, and a late-arriving Melissa stabs Faith to death. In a religious fervor, Melissa threatens Martha next, but an even more late arriving Isaiah assures her that the messenger of the incubus has already been killed. The day after, Lana returns to L.A. Though Jim's ghost tries to warn her, the incubus bursts through the floor and drags Martha to hell. And that's the end of the movie. I skipped a whole middle part in there, which is you'll, you'll find out a lot about these black cloak figures that are throughout this movie. And you get confused, like, is this something that they believe in? Like, is the, like a spiritual entity, the incubus, or is there someone running around this farm, our blessing, killing people off? And it's it's up in air. You don't know for sure. You think this is a just a regular old slasher until the end of this movie, which to me, I think the last 15 to 20 minutes is some of the best I've seen from Wes Craven ever. And I know that's kind of crazy to say because we have the Scream franchise and we have other films that follow that, you know, of course, A Nightmare on Elm Street. But I was so taken aback by the ending. I said, oh, holy shit. That, wow. So Isaiah Schmidt who's the head of this farm, it, you know, of the, the Hittites and then the non-Hittites. He hates the non-Hittites, obviously. He has a son named John, and he wants John to have zero interaction with women. And throughout this movie, he just says, Incubus, beware the Incubus. Like, he just, he says it with such conviction. It's hilarious to see him do it. it and this is the big takeaway from this movie. And you're like, what? what is he talking about? And... In my head, the entire time, with him saying, beware the incubus, or, you know, stay away from her, she's this or whatever, you know, just this this misogynistic, this hatred for, for women for whatever reason. He says, incubus. And I'm like, well, in my head, wouldn't it be succubus? And I had to pull up the definition, so incubus, 
Um, is a male demon believed to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women, a cause of distress or anxiety, or a nightmare? But then I went to succubus, and obviously, uh, succubus is understood as a Lillian demon in female form or supernatural entity that appears in dreams to seduce men, usually through sexual activity. The descriptions of the same can be traced back to the folklore of medieval times. The male equivalents of this is known as incubus. And I said, well, I don't know. What, why didn't he just say succubus? I don't understand. This is where I'm, I'm confused at. But, you know, I kind of let it go. And <laughs> it was just funny and entertaining to see this man just angry on screen, just incubus. And that's the big takeaway with his character in the movie. I don't think he was bad in here, but apparently from critics, it was the worst acting they've ever seen from him from an Academy Award winner, mind you. And it it wasn't up to snuff. But this this movie overall, like I said, I liked it. Uh, Sharon Stone, I was trying to figure out where she was. Almost unrecognizable in a sense. This is a very young, pretty baby-faced Sharon Stone that plays the character Lana Marcus. And she's the one that's really being affected by the dreams. She can't take anymore. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, just put me out of my misery. I can't take these dreams. And she's in the scene where she's laying in bed. And these hands sort of creep in very slowly at the top of her head. And it's... The person is talking to her and telling her to open her mouth wider. And he says wider. It's very creepy how he says it. And all of a sudden, it's the spider that just drops down. I really cannot stand spiders. <laughs> the spider falls down. Her mouth is wide open. Uh, the spider drops into her mouth. And this is kind of like a dream sequence. And she pops up out of that dream choking and coughing to me was an effective scene because one, I don't like spiders and I know a lot of people don't like dream sequences, but I wasn't mad at it. I, I really did like that, uh, that scene, but Lana seems to be the one who's really going through it the most. <clears throat> and it's kind of a red herring because you think she's the, the incubus that needs to be taken out, you know, that's affecting the farm, you know, but it was said that Martha was the incubus but the movie doesn't really lead that way it's, it's it's a misdirection while you're watching this movie you don't get the impression that they're even after martha they're going after everyone else but i don't know if they're doing that to have her be alone for themselves and then take her out but everyone surrounding her is getting they're getting taken out one by one martha and lana are the only two that make it out of this alive amongst the group of girls though lana is the one who's being most affected by the dreams there's one scene in here another iconic shot where marin jensen or martha schmidt in the movie martha is in the bathtub <clears throat> her legs are wide open and you see something come up from the water just moving along you don't see it until it gets closer but it was one of those infamous shots from Wes Craven from A Nightmare on Elm Street like this this movie predates Nightmare on Elm Street so Wes Craven when he got to Nightmare he was just reusing the shots 
And hey, if it didn't work the first time, we're going to do it again. Damn it, it became an iconic scene in Nightmare, and it this, it predates Nightmare, which is so crazy to me. But this scene was so cool. I jumped up and I pointed at the TV, kind of like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and, and just played it back a few times because I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, he... He did this before. Okay. This isn't just from Nightmare. And the same thing with Lana laying in bed, that dream sequence where the hands are moving slowly at the top of her head, telling her to open her mouth wider. And the spider drops in. Of course, that's from the iconic poster of Nancy on in Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy's knives going up over her head and her eyes are wide open and she's just laying there under the covers. So it, there's quite a few shots in here that Wes Craven took. And he's like, you know, what? we're going to redo it and we're going to we're just going to do it even bigger. And it, it was it was so cool to see. But the, the ending of this film, the ending of this film to me is the best part because Faith and Louisa turned out to be the black cloaked figures that are killing everyone on this farm, our blessing. And there's this big fight that breaks out between Faith Louisa versus Lana and Martha. <laughs> and it's, it's quite the fight scene. So Martha and, and Faith go at it and they struggle and, and tussle on the ground. Martha goes down, her shirt gets ripped open and Faith is a man who has secretly been in love with Martha the entire time, which was it threw me for a loop. I say, wait a minute, what? <laughs> uh, Lana kills Louisa, and then there's another girl that shows up, the estranged wife of, or estranged fiance of John, John Schmidt, who happens to be the son of Isaiah Schmidt, the, who was told to stay away from the incubus. So I'm guessing beforehand, something, there was a big falling out between John and Melissa, the father obviously was not in approval of and, you know, they become estranged. But yeah, uh, Melissa ends up stabbing Faith to death. And right before she attacks Martha or tries to attack Martha, Isaiah steps in and says, the incubus has been killed. And, you know, she calms down. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Okay, Martha is to be apparently the incubus and then... Lana is going through this weird episode of, of different dreams and, and wanting to just be put out of her misery because she can't take it anymore. It, it was just, it was so weird to me because it was a lot of red herring stuff going around. But so I said to myself, I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is all before the Scream franchise and of course the horror movie tropes of what they came to be with the red herring trope and I was like okay all right so I was still rolling with it I wasn't any I wasn't mad like oh this movie sucks but I was sitting there saying okay this is this is an okay movie this is it's not the greatest but it's decent for its time then we get to the ending Martha and Lana are hugging each other goodbye and Lana says Martha please come with me to LA and Apparently, Martha wants to stay on the farm for whatever reason. I would have got off that farm so fast. (laughs) 
I would have got off that farm with the quickness, believe me. But Lana leaves and is heading off to L.A. Martha goes into the house and everything just becomes dim. Like it, it's just it's this shadow that just comes over this house. It's just looming over this house. And her husband, her late husband shows up and says, Martha, beware the incubus. This is the only time I didn't laugh at that. I said, what the hell is happening? Beware the incubus. What is he doing here warning her? So it's his ghost. Out of nowhere, the ground cracks open. This demon grabs onto Martha, drags her down. And, of course, this is like this reverse shot. You know, the floorboards come back into place. It was so cool to see. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this was... You know, they really took their time on it, you could tell. And it it was just, it was a beautiful scene. But that's how the movie ends. And I was like, well, damn, like, so Martha was incubus all along? Like, I was still confused. <laughs> I was I was legit confused. I'm like, was she really the incubus this whole time? And I, I don't know. They... It's not anything where it'll keep you guessing, but if you're paying attention, you're going to be thrown off like, well, wait a second. What? And as I mentioned during that fight between uh, Faith, Louisa, and Martha and Lana, uh, when Melissa shows up, Melissa looks possessed and just, she she's went, she's went psycho. And when you're looking at her, I'm thinking, oh, Melissa's the incubus. Like She looks crazy. But no, uh, Melissa is just there to kill the the incubus or I don't know if she was trained at something. I don't know. All I'm saying is I really did enjoy the movie, my first view and the second view. And I was like, oh, okay, still confused because I, I'm just... I'm, I was taken aback if Martha was one, the one to believed to be the incubus and it was so much misdirection to guessing who the incubus was. And then, of course, lo and behold, Martha really was the incubus. It's, I don't know. It, my, my brain was rattling by the end of the second viewing. And I was like, maybe I should watch it a third time. And I said, you know what? No, I'm cool. But I didn't hate this movie. And my personal rating, I give it a strong seven out of 10. And it's not just because this is written and directed by Wes Craven. I really did enjoy the movie. I don't hate it. Like I said, so there you go. You can send your emails or you can send whatever your tweets, your, your DMS and say what you got to say to me. But I thought the movie was decent. So yeah, that was deadly blessing from 1981 written and directed by Wes Craven starring Sharon Stone and Marin Jensen. And I was trying to figure out where Marin Jensen was from. She was on Battlestar Galactica. So that's where I recognized her from. And deadly blessing was the last thing that she did and has been, I guess, living a private life since, you know, going back and forth to LA doing business and, and this, that, and the third. Good for her. There's another actress in here who has done the same thing. I believe Deadly Blessing was the last thing that she has done. Let me look that up to be more accurate with that. Susan Buckner. And the last thing, yeah, she did what? Grease? Yeah, she was in Grease. 
she, oh, she was Patty in Greece. And the last thing that she also did, see here, was Deadly Blessing as well. So, and she was on the love boat. Okay, cool. Nice. So I guess both of them decided to live private lives right after that. Good for them. But Marion Jensen, I, I wish she was in a lot more things. She was decent. I really like her. And then we have Sharon Stone. I don't even need to get into Sharon Stone. We already know who she is. But this was her introduction to Hollywood. This was her introduction to the world. And then since then has, of course, went on to be in movies like Total Recall, uh, Casino, The Quick and the Dead. Um, what's the other movie? Above the Law. And of course, oh yeah, the, the infamous scene of where she's sitting in that interrogation room and we know the scene, she's wearing all white. We'll get into that later. Uh, you know, another topic for another day. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, that, that ends this episode for me. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Terradome Highway podcast. I was extremely nervous and... I was saying I hope people really end up liking this podcast and, you know, hopefully using it as a source of checking out movies that they've never seen before. And of course, there's some movies in here that I have never seen before. There's another film in here or a couple other films that I have not sat down and watched in full. So I can't wait to get a move on with this journey of this horror movie podcast and see where it takes me. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Terradome Highway Podcast. Send your thoughts. You got any questions? Uh, you want to hear any reviews of any horror movie? It could be any horror movie if you want me to watch. If you want me to get mad at something, or it's a lot of horror movies that I I don't really care for. And I think I'm gonna do an episode on that. It might be a bonus episode, just so you can get to know me just a little bit more. If you want to send those emails or, or anything like that, just to hear me rant later on in an episode, or if you think it's going to make me squirm, like I said, I'm going to give this information to you guys so you know what makes me tick. You know, when it comes to, to horror movies, you know, send those emails to Terradome Highway Podcast at gmail.com. I'll be back next week, guys, on the 7th to talk about. Ghostface. That's right. I'm talking about from Scream 1996 all the way to 2023. The history of Scream, what I love, what I don't love, what I wish they would have done. And I, I hope you guys enjoy it, man, because I cannot wait to record it and, and give it to you so you guys can enjoy it yourselves. But until then, I'm Sid Davis, and thank you for listening to the Terradome Highway Podcast. Peace.